Welcome, everyone, to another week with your host, Mordechai Weimerger, LCSW. It's Mordechai Weimerger and Harav Nissen. What an honor and what a schuss to be able to do this program. Thank you all for calling up, for asking your questions, sending us feedback. It's always greatly appreciated. Baruch Hashem, and we thank you all. The number to call up is 718-683-5858, And as always, we look forward to taking your questions and your comments. And Mordechai, we already have a few listeners online. And oh, we, wow. we started with Mrs. S. Excellent. Let us go. Mrs. S., welcome to the program. Uh, one second. Hello? Okay, yes. No. Is it me? Yes, you're on. Yes. Oh, I hear an echo. Okay. Um, I'm an avid listener from London. Wow. And, um, thank you. It's. Uh, I'm very happy to be able to tell you thank you in person. I really appreciate it. It's um it's it's really wonderful. Wow, thank you. Greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate the feedback, especially knowing that it's like it's a source to be able to reach people to reach quality Israel in general, but to know that you're getting people in other countries is always an oh, amazing yeah. source. Thank you. Mhm. Okay, um I was I have a child in therapy and she wants to terminate her therapy. She doesn't want to carry on. How what does one do when a child wants to terminate? Do you feel she's not quite finished, but she's not happy to carry on going? Well, I would try it a little bit differently. Can we maybe change the question to... You have, how old is your child? She's 12. Okay. What's the? I don't know if you feel comfortable sharing that, but what's the... Yeah, okay. Yeah, for? I don't mind. Um, I, what I thought was trauma, because she had had some trauma, um, a couple of uh, traumatic experiences. Um, so I, I sent her for trauma, and what it turned out to be was she seems to have fears. It's not just the, the reason why the trauma was there, because she has she's not able to process um, incidents, and she just she has she has various fears. So it wasn't just the there wasn't any point tr- treating just the traumas because uh, really it's fears. In general, that that's a problem. So um, she's done quite well, and um, but I, I still feel that she's not quite finished. But she doesn't want to go anymore because she has to she has to go out of school. She has to miss school. That makes sense. Is there a way to get it out of school hours? Mm, not with this therapist. <clears throat> okay, and why do you need this therapist? Because there's very little choice here. Okay. So can we first understand that this is extremely age-appropriate, that at, at certain ages and certain schools where other kids are not getting pulled out, it's very embarrassing? She's not and embarrassed. And for 12 year olds that's very no, important. No, she's absolutely not embarrassed. No, she's not embarrassed at all. Oh, she has then, no problem okay, with then it. Can, would you clarify what's it. the reason she doesn't want to be pulled out? Um, if she misses lessons, and then she's behind in the work, and then she can't do the exams, and it, it just leads on to other things. It's just an inconvenience, and she said it's hard. She said it's hard as well. They were doing EMDR. She said it. it I think it's, she's finding it quite tough. Wow, I wonder what she's. I'll tell you. Many times, what you do is what we would do. Is so. I feel there's so much, so many places where I want to take it to. 
Number one, a 12-year-old is still a kid. On the other hand, a 12-year-old is pretty mature. And they have more of their opinions of what they want and what they don't want. And it's part of the negotiation process that we parents need to learn to master. That means what would happen if you would go along with your daughter to the therapist and discuss it and treat her like an adult? Or you and your husband sit down with your 12-year-old and go, look, this is very important. You have certain fears. Our job is, just like we make sure you have clothing, just like we make sure you have food at home, just like we make sure that you understand the beauty of Shabbos and Yiddishkeit, part of our job is to make sure that you're able to process the normal stuff in life. And if not, Hashem, it could get a lot worse. Mm-hmm. What would happen if you would have this mature conversation with her and also share with her times in your life where you do things that are uncomfortable? And she won't fight it. She she won't fight it. She will agree to carry on, but she's really not keen on it. Um, okay. So I was just wondering if it defeats the purpose. No, it's okay if she's not keen, but let's go now back to what parents can do. Mm-hmm. What can you do to make her keen? What incentives can you do? So I know with mm-hmm. one of my children, I wanted them to do something. We gave them an incentive, and it worked better than I ever imagined. Mm-hmm. What, what incentive can you give her you to face her issues? And if she gets better, that you'll be so proud and you'll take her or do something with her. What do you think you can do? I don't think it's like it's getting better. It's not so much... Um, I, I don't know if there'll ever be a time when I'll say she's better because I think someone who tends to be a bit more fearful will always be a little bit more fearful. She'll just have to learn the tools to deal with the fear each time it comes. No, it's that, not, I, I would like no? to disagree with that means once you learn the tools how to deal with it, now you're not afraid of it. And the less you're afraid of it or the more com- confident and safe you feel, then you actually eventually forget about it. Um, yeah, I, I saw an amazing change in her just the other day. She used to be very terrified of ambulances. It could be connected to when my father was ill and he was nifted, you know, she, had, she had maybe a bit of trauma Apple. from that. So she was really terrified of ambulances. She'd panic when an amb- ambulance went past. And um, the other day we were out, and, and I heard a siren, and I, I turned to look at her to see if she'd noticed. She didn't even notice the siren. She didn't even look to see if anything was exactly. going by. Exactly. That is exactly my progress. point. Yeah, amazing yes, progress. That's exactly yeah. my point. Therapy does work, and when it works, Hashem, you will notice that they won't even notice certain things were triggers. Yes. Yes, I've noticed it in that point, but let's say... There'll, be, there'll always be something else. She'll call me up and say, come home now. The cleaners said she's not feeling well. I'm scared something's going to happen to her. You know, there'll always be something else that's going to happen until I can tell her she's not feeling well because she's tired or because it's hot. doesn't mean something terrible is going to happen to her. Um, Did you get any it, skills how to help your daughter? Did the therapist ever sit down with you and give you some skills? Um, no, I'm due to have an appointment with her this week. Okay, so understand that there's a large part of the dynamic is the parents. And that means if you would have the knowledge how to answer that question when she's afraid, you might see she might only be afraid around you because she can still do that. Mm-hmm. What would have been what the I'm right thing? Let's, let's say in such is, a situation, what would have been the right thing to do? I, I'm trying to, I don't want to go there, but I, I would first take a step further. What I would tell her is, I understand that you don't want to go to the therapist because the time isn't convenient. However, do you realize you called me up, that this wasn't feeling well and you were afraid? That's not age-appropriate for 12 years old. 
Mm-hmm. So when you are ready, once you can handle these things, that's when we stop therapy. That's speaking like a parent. Mm-hmm. And that's what you have the open conversation with her about that. What skills did you learn? What can you do to use it in other places? So the quicker you're good, the quicker you're healed, the quicker we stop. Now there's a motivation mm-hmm. to her for her. Right. And you said twice that there'll always be something else. I'm a therapist. I'm sitting on the other side of the desk. There will not be if it's dealt with correctly and done. Mm-hmm. So can you general... hear that anxiety can be healed, especially in children, especially if we see that it's working? Mm-hmm. Can you just say that? Can you just repeat these words? I just want to hear it from you. Anxiety yeah. in children anxiety especially can, be, healed. can yeah. be completely healed. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I'm just and something else I was wondering is I remember I had certain fears as a child. My husband said he had certain fears as a child. We we, we don't ha- we never went for therapy and we ne- and we we're over all those fears. So what can is there no such thing? I mean I can see that we the fears I had as a child are not there anymore, and the fears my husband had as a child are not there anymore without going to therapy. So. See, that's the difficulty of this generation, which is, again, as I share with people, going way back when, when I took the classes in diagnosing, the danger of using the words abuse, trauma, fears, what you might have gone through with three-year-old afraid of the dark is not called fears, it's called age-appropriate. No, that's age-appropriate. No, I'm not talking about that sort of thing. I was very terrified of fire as as a teenager. I was very terrified of Ganovim as a teenager. There's good reason to be scared because there had been incidents, but I think I was scared, really scared. And it doesn't, I'm not scared to sleep home alone nowadays as an adult. And I'm not scared of, it's not fired, I just, I'm not affected by these things anymore. So how did I get over it without therapy? My husband wouldn't walk across town on a Friday afternoon to go learn with his mashkech when he was in Shiv Katana. And nowadays you can walk home 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm scared they should do that, but he would do it. He never went for therapy. So how? These were all I would ask you a question. Fears. What had to be shut down for that to happen? I don't understand. Sorry? Okay, let's go to you. The way mm-hmm. you said it will never go away, the way you're so, like, worried, how do I deal with my 12-year-old? She doesn't want to go to therapy. Let's assume you didn't have anxiety and you would have the inner confidence, what would you do if you would ask me that question? My 12-year-old wants to play with fire, and I'm worried about a fire, that she'll have a fire. What do I do? What would you answer then, that question? I didn't, no, sorry, I didn't didn't get that. Sorry, I didn't quite understand what you're saying. Let's say your 12-year-old says she doesn't want to go to sleep before 5 in the morning. What would you tell her then? Your problem. You'll be tired. You won't be able to get up in the morning, and that's it. You'll have to answer to the teacher. Okay. I'm going, to, I'm going, to, I'm going to bed. You can stay downstairs. You know. Excellent. Now, did you hear your confidence the way you just said this? Oh, yeah. I'm pretty confident when it comes to parenting. Great. Now, do you notice the minute it came to your daughter's anxiety how different you sounded? Did I? Yeah. You sounded completely <laughs> okay. in doubt. Right, Hashem, when you'll hear the recording, listen to your voice. What do I do? I'm not sure she doesn't want to go to therapy. But I don't she think I found it. it so, She's not done. I don't think I She's found it so unsure. 
your tone compared, if not saying you sounded unsure, but if you would compare your question of that versus answering the parent, you're two different people. Okay. And that Could inner be. confidence, when someone works through their anxiety, they have that same confidence when others have anxiety in the environment. So just because people can do behaviors does not mean that the anxiety is gone. Anxiety is gone when you have that inner peace. Like you noticed that with your daughter, you said the Hatzalah, the ambulance should pass by and not even notice it. That's when your anxiety is gone. If you learn the tricks and the skills, how not to get too anxious, yes, that's step one, where you're able to function. However, you didn't heal the anxiety. It wasn't gone down to the root. You're talking about me, myself? I'm just sharing the difference. I'm not talking about you or anyone. I don't like talking about people. No, I'm, I'm, you're trying, who's speaking about that the anxiety by who has not been healed? I'm saying, let's see, by your daughter. My daughter. And mm-hmm. somehow, by you speaking the difference of your tone when you discuss your daughter and anxiety versus your daughter and parenting, it's two different people. What would you say? Well, I'll tell you what. That was the first sentence I was speaking to you on the phone, and I don't like calling phone lines. So oh, I, was, I, wasn't so, I wasn't so confident. But go ahead. Ask again the question. Okay. So my daughter wants to terminate with her therapy. Mm-hmm. And I, I, don't, I don't know if I should, you know, if I should allow her to terminate the therapy or if she should carry on because it has been helping, but I'm not sure she's quite cured. Okay, so what do you think she should do? What's your instinct telling you? I guess she should carry on. But I do feel for her that she's upset to miss school. Excellent. So you got your answer. I guess there's always that. I guess there's always this feeling that it's costing me a lot of money as well. (laughs) That's always everyone has. Yes, we find it almost a waste of money, and I really agree with you. I must say, there's been a new. They've advertised a new subsidized therapy, um, very cheap, for the ones who are finishing finishing their studies. And um, that is an option. I'm just wondering if I should change it. I I wonder if it's going to be difficult to change. Yeah. Each of these are are decisions that you need to weigh at the whole picture. Great question. And they might have slots after school hour. I have to find out, but it's, it is an option. Yes, I know someone that's going to an agency for speech therapy because all the private speech therapists only work during the school hours. And this is a teenager in high school, and they don't want to miss. Mm-hmm. So the family's going to pay the better speech therapist to train the one in the agency, like they'll pay for their hours supervision or whatever it is that they do, to train, but they don't want to miss school. And those that are at that situation where they need to get their their degrees, their hours, they got to take those hours. they got to take the late evenings. But once they're licensed, so they're more experienced, and they're able to say which hours they want to work. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, is it is it time for another question? Go on, Reb Nisna, What do you say to all this? Uh, just you know what I, I was uh, so involved with other uh, phone lines. I just uh, mm-hmm. I said I would uh, pass. Okay. 
can I Go ask ahead. another question? Ask one more quick yeah. question. Um, how, can, how can one give security to a foster child when the whole ITSIM situation is an insecure, insecure situation? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. We deal with that many times when people have to deal with traumas or illness, and we don't know which way Hashem is going to let the person go, if it's a family member, and if they'll pull through or not. And what's interesting is when you work with a person in a foster care system is you're teaching them peacefulness in the present. So many times you can deal with what's your doubt, what's your fears. Your fears are things won't work out, you won't go to certain places. Each of those are, each of those are fears, and you, you discuss it with them. Like maybe no one wants me, maybe I'm worthless. No, we want you, we value you. Maybe you're not with your family because they don't love you. No, they do. They're just going through a difficult situation. You're dealing with their present time issues. Mm-hmm. If a child is not a, a child who's going to express, you'll just say nothing, nothing. Everything's fine. What you know? So what do you want from me? It the age. Doesn't seem How to old have any are issues. They? How old are they? Um, nine, and he's been here since he's a baby, so he doesn't remember anything else. But there's always this fear that he's going to have to leave, on his part. How do you know there's a fear that he'll have to leave? The play therapist says he's very insecure. So generally what play therapists do is they would then have you come down with the family, with the kid, and you discuss it. Um, yeah, so she referred us to a family therapist, um, but not with the child. It was supposed to be with with his parents and to, to, to come to some sort of... Um, bit too complicated for online. Yeah. But what it's I can tell you is that what we what do can is I we do, help. Though? When the kid opens up, we now use that opportunity. Right. So if you'll say something that could be used as an opening to speak about speak about it, then we could give him security and safety. Um, I, would, I, I would tell you my difficulty. I feel like you're asking me like a how-to, like what can you do when I don't know the situation? I don't know. It's a ve- yeah, it's not- too complicated. It really is too right. complicated. Right. Is, is his any- issue that he doesn't feel he'll have you? Is the issue that he wants to go to his parents? Is the issue that he's afraid to go to his parents? He doesn't want to, but, um, but the parents do want So and he's aware of that. So he seems to be aware of that. Right. He is aware of that, so it's complicated. Mm -hmm. Right. So all I can tell you is that even if kids don't speak, you can sort of give like auto-suggestions of like just repeating things over and over. You know you're safe. We know we love you. You know you'll stay with us. We're here for you right now. Just hear those words. But how can you tell a child you're staying here with us if you might not be staying with you? Oh, I wasn't aware of that. You're actually not allowed to say that. But what you could say is, right now you're with us. Right now, for this moment, for today, you're good. Can we or maybe something like now? Or maybe something like, we, nothing, nothing will happen without it being discussed with you. But we don't know what his fear is. If his fear is going to the parents, which might not be a healthy environment, then we want to teach him how to be in the here and the now. Or that he always has a safe place to speak to, and you'll always be there for him. Now, since I don't know what the issue is, you're asking a how-to question. I don't have yeah. the answer because I don't yeah. know what's going on. The answer is tailor-made, just like a suit. You can get a suit, a suit, a suit size 42. 
this one the hands you might have to take in a little this one the hem this one the jacket this one the pants there are so many different places yeah. again you're asking like how do you give a nine-year-old in a complicated situation that he's afraid each of these have a big effect like if we know exactly what his concern is then we can tailor the confidence with the message to him but in general a family session means you go down to that therapist that he opened up to and you discuss it mm-hmm. yeah. together with a child or of course of course a nine-year-old are very talkative and that's what we do mm-hmm. yeah they'll feel so good they could get it out and you can reassure them and you can hug him And no matter what, I'll always be here for you, even if you do go some other place. And maybe it's fears that he won't like it there. And if you don't like it there, then we'll try to make sure you will like it or we'll fight to make sure you stay with us. Mm-hmm. Now, this poor nine-year-old, right. look at what he's carrying around. And it's terrible, Having, yeah, really terrible. Yeah, yeah. Worrying that's right. At this but age, there's a lot that the therapist can help with. So, again, I find that a therapist, A, needs to have the time with the kid, but also we need to do some family stuff together. So how to give the reassurance, for you to give the reassurance. Right. Yeah, we've done that. We've done that. We just felt that the the parents, his parents should have been there as well, but there wasn't there wasn't really cooperation, so Right. Why do you yeah, feel okay, I guess it's complicated. I was wondering like too why do you need yeah. his parents? Right now we're talking about reassuring him. Um to, because he has to get the same, he has to know what his future is. He, so really, his future has to be decided. But it's quite, um, it's difficult when a child is so attached already to the place he's been. He's the only place he's known, and doesn't have so doesn't have much uh, of a connection with his parents. It's it's very hard to. Yeah. It's very hard. I mean, when you know the child is happy where he is, but there might be changes. That could really could really cause upheaval in his life. It, it's a big problem. Yeah, it sounds like you need someone who deals with this. this. These are there are therapists that deal with this, and it's complicated. There's a lot that you can do. There's a lot that you can reassure the kids. A lot that sometimes people can speak to the parents. Hatzlacha, mm-hmm. and you're at Sadekis for taking in a foster child and, and dealing with all this. Mm-hmm. Should pay you should really pay you back. It's unbelievable what you're Amen. doing. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You're welcome, and so brave okay. of you. Thank you so much. <clears throat> really appreciate. Yes, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Good, good night. Yes, good night. We'll go to uh, Mrs. Uh, Miss R. Ms. R. Welcome Hello? to the program. You're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. And just reminding everyone, the number to call up is 718-683-5858. Hello? Yes. Hi. First, I would like to thank you for your program. I really feel I gained a lot from it. Thank you so much. Okay, so now my question is, I have a very energized nature. I, I have to do a lot, and I also have to be on the go. And if I have, like, one minute boredom, I'm, like, very, I get, like, I can't take it. I can't take boredom, like. Okay. So my question is how I could take, like, uh, when, when stuff are boring and I could just either get it to be interesting or tolerate it. 
well, let's get, well, how severe is it? Is it always? Is it just sometimes? It's almost always. And let me ask you, do you find your families that way too? Everyone is very fast and quick? Um, some of them. But not in an unhealthy way. Okay. So let's get this. So your family is a quick, fast-paced family. Now, notice how you, you right away ran to the defense, not in an unhealthy way. How do you know that they don't find themselves in the same struggle that you are, that they can't or they are unease with just nothing, with peace, with quiet? Now, I don't have a problem with peace and quiet. I have a problem with doing a job that's boring, like sitting and organizing my room type of thing. Well, I could sit and read a book, but like I don't that. have a problem like just sitting and just doing one thing for too long time. Okay. So how about you change it, that it's not a boring task, it's a task you don't like, because if it would be a boring task, then you would have a difficulty with boring. Seems like we're mixing up words. There are tasks that you don't like. Has nothing. So to let's do say with if my boring. life is just like there's no thrills at all. There's nothing going on. I have no problem sitting and reading a book for an hour, two hours, three hours. But if I see the last two weeks, there's Hold nothing on, going on. Reading a book is doing something. Is keeping your mind occupied. When someone sits at a water and could just allow their mind to think, to flow, not to go, not to have a cell phone, not to text, just be in the quiet, that's calm. Sitting but having your mind race, unfortunately, if people today on the cell phones and they're able to watch movies or they're texting and, and emailing, that's not peace. That means your mind is still racing. Yeah, that makes sense. So what can we do about it? I still don't know what that means makes sense. Does your family, are they fast-paced? Yeah. Okay. So can you recognize that it's simple, not simple, but it's possible that you were just weren't around an environment which is calm and your brain was just hasn't been taught how to just be easy with doing nothing. And doing nothing isn't nothing. Doing nothing is actually healing. It's like when someone says sleeping is a waste of time. It's not. Sleeping is not a waste of time. Sleeping is building you up for patience, building you up for strength, building you up for the ability to be able to function the next day clearly. So what would happen if I would ask you now to close your eyes and just take ten breaths in and breaths out and just focus on the in, focus on the out, and your mind's going to fly away. But just when it flies away, just bring it right back. The in and the out. The in and the out. And just notice what happens. It might just be mindfulness. I want you to realize it's not just you or your family. It's this generation. With the speed of technology, with the texting that's going on, with arranging, the they're fantastic. But at the same time, we well, don't Well, I don't use a lot of technology. Well, you do have something. What does your family do that you guys are so fast about? Uh, well, you know, we're just busy. We're just talking on the phone. We don't, we don't, I, 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 don't, I don't even text. I don't even have DVDs. Okay, so you talk on the phone a lot. What would happen if the whole family would actually not talk on the phone and Shabbos not get together and talk all at once? 
What happens if you have a time alone? Well, I have time alone. I can sit and listen to music like for hours. I just can't have weeks of doing nothing. It's not a few hours. I can sit for a few hours and do nothing. Just have to have thrills. Like stuff has to be going. So at this point of what you're describing, I would go to a therapist for a further evaluation. What you're saying can be very normal. What you're saying can also be environmental of being raised in a house where thrills and necessary. It can also be something else. Like what? Well, like what? We'll hear what a therapist will tell you. I don't like creating thoughts that I have, just shooting things like that over the over the phone. Like a proper evaluation, I'll be asking, how were you as a kid? Were you able to study for tests? Did you ever lose things? Were you able to study in advance? No. Did you have patience? Again, we'll go into, did you lose things? Were you always fidgeting? Were your hands or your feet fidgeting? Did you find a boring teacher you couldn't pay attention to? One of the other questions I'll be asking, what was going on at home? Was there yelling and shouting going on? where there sometimes neglect, where a parent was very busy with the outside world and not busy with what emotions are going on? Was there a parent that was always rushing and going and helping all of cholesterol or helping and doing so many different tasks but wasn't present or wasn't mindful? There's a lot of these that would answer a lot of what is going on. So we don't know if it's environmental. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. And I hope some of those points that I mentioned might have helped. It's a good way to thinking about. Yeah. Okay. Great. And I would like to remind everyone the number to call up is 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. We have Mrs. K online. Excellent. Mrs. K, welcome to the program. Yeah, I good evening. First of all, thank you for you doing Faklali School Hashem She pay you effort to fly because you don't know how many hours uh, hours you open up the eyes. Wow, thank you. Amen. The Rosh Hashanah should pay back. What an honor and oh. what a schuss for me yeah, and for oh. Amnesan. Yeah, amen. Okay, now I have a question. I have a relative of mine. They discover now she has catechenia. And the other thing is psychosis. What is psychosis? Psychosis is someone that sees things that mm-hmm. aren't there. Like we had an example of a person called up in the Yiddish program that we do Matzah Shabbos in Yiddish, yeah. and he shared that his wife had um, schizophrenic and she was psychotic, that she would see a Schwarzer man, and like she would sometimes talk to him, and she would have to fight herself from talking or fighting with him. Right. So, so psychosis so, is when you actually see something that is not there, but you see it as much and you hear it, those voices, just like I'm speaking to you. That's part of the brain that is having a dysfunction, and it's starting to see things. That is what, what psychosis is. Yeah, but what is this, what brings this up? So they got born with them, often the anxiety? This is born. As of right now, again, most uh, most studies show that this is a simple dysfunction in the brain, just like never. Why does someone's heart not work that well? Uh-huh. It's um, schizophrenia is not a stress related. No, stress can sometimes maybe 
trigger it or push it over, but it's got to be in, it's got to, it's got to be, it's the brain, just like other organs, why sometimes the gallbladder won't work or, or any other part of the body. The brain is just like every part of the body. Somehow, when it's to the brain, we always blame it on stress. We blame it on parents. But right. why is it that if someone's having a difficulty with their kidneys, we're not blaming it on the parents? <laughs> Schizophrenia is a part of the brain. You can see the malfunction. You see which part of the brain isn't functioning. It's a part of the brain that is, unfortunately, a little bit damaged. Uh-huh. And, and that's can, by medication. What medication, medication helps? So the medication for schizophrenia is a little bit strong. You know when people sometimes are afraid of medication because right. they say there are side effects? I know. Well, sure. Most medications do not have side effects, or they have slight ones, but things that you should not really be noticing. Unfortunately, the schizophrenic medication, sometimes they need to take higher levels because many times family members are still on denial. They don't want to acknowledge that. Right. So, so what so happens is, the later, just like any medical condition, the later you treat it, yeah. the harder it is to heal. The mm -hmm. higher medication you're going to need. So unfortunately, if you start schizophrenia, if you catch it earlier on, then lower dosages of medication can but stabilize it. But when people go later, then you need higher levels of medication to stabilize it. And many of those medications, um, like can look, you can see the side effects. They can look sometimes over-medicated. They can walk a little bit more rigid. But that's until it's stabilized, and then they can try lowering it. Uh -huh. So schizophrenia is a diagnosis that you need to be on the medication. You need to, you see it early. You see the signs. People tell you, yeah, I'm hearing voices. I'm having a conversation. We go, I just this. I'm ignoring. No, those are the signs when you run to a psychiatrist right away. And you can help with low dosages of medication can, can many times balance this or stabilize it. Mm -hmm. But what is Lama? She, she started to take medication, in, but she's not functioning. She's allowed in bed. She, does, she stopped working. She doesn't make her house work. This is, you think, from the medication or this is the catafenia? Well, we don't know how severe it is. So I'm going to share with you again. Just like every medical condition, you want to know the doctor that she's going to. You want to know what is going on in the environment, meaning are they going to a good doctor, are they going to a, not a good doctor. Did they just have a terrible episode and now they had to over-medicate her to stabilize her? And then you lower it, just like Nebuchadnezzar's got a terrible infection, they have to be in the hospital, and they need to be on high levels of antibiotics and monitored by a nurse you know, and there's people in the intensive care, you have one nurse for two patients. With yeah, yeah. So mm -hmm. the same thing is when you're asking me, very simple. This woman's schizophrenia, she's on medication, she's in bed all day. I don't know when she had her schizophrenic attack. I don't know if she's married or not. I don't know if she's going to therapy. I don't know if she is married, if the husband's going to therapy. I don't know if the mother and father are putting pressures on her. Many times when people have these stronger diagnoses, the parents are in denial. Yeah, that is true, because your parents are in denial. It's so bad that now it exploded, and now it's very severe. And then the parents go, you see, that's why I didn't want to put her on medication, because she'll turn in, she'll be like this. And now you see the way Nebuchadnezzar is that way. And uh -huh. the answer is Nebuchadnezzar exactly the opposite. 
had you dealt with it earlier on, had you faced the issue, then we could have helped and it wouldn't have to be so severe. So when you're saying that someone is in bed, we don't know any of the situations, and I can't answer that question. Mm-hmm. Harav Nissen, what do you say about this? Okay, so let me just mention something. I want to share with you a tremendous compliment. Up until about a month or a couple of months ago, we have almost never gotten one call about schizophrenia, about Chas as if it doesn't exist in the from world. And unfortunately, it does exist. And it's a pretty strong diagnosis. And I wish people would discuss it more. This way they would get the information. Don't run away from it. This is a diagnosis that needs medication. And they can function. Yes, they could function. They can have jobs. But you need to make sure they're on the right medication. You want to make sure they're going to a therapist that's not going to, as we call it, enable them. Or mm-hmm. someone say, oh, you have Rachmanis. No, they need to work. They need to get out. If the medication is too high, you need to speak to the doctor. What is going on? What's happening? Why are they so down? The doctor might say, this is not medication. This is their being lazy. They're using it as an excuse. And now you work on the family to stop enabling. No, don't make suppers. Push her, she's got to make it. Push mm-hmm. her to have to clean the house. There are many times this is what's necessary. So again, I am so, I find it a schuss and an honor that you feel comfortable to share a question about schizophrenia because it's very important to discuss this issue. It does exist in the from world, and it's almost a question that was never discussed. Yeah, but the problem is by the from world, you know, everything is shh, shh. Yeah. Yeah, that's and our Baruch big Hashem, problem. It is changing, and yeah. you get a tremendous schuss because yeah. you are helping making that change. The fact that you called up, it's changing the whole sh- sh- business. It's not yeah, so shh, shh, shh. But you opened up to make an awareness. You did. So you opened up to make an awareness because so many people uh, we're talking about. And I'm a very big listener of Sayu very five years. And everybody wow. thinks that he says, they ask me what Mordechai Weinberger is, you Rebbe? But doesn't yeah. matter. But you gave me a lot of knowledge. What knowledge do you feel you got from here? So let me share with you. This is not something to ever blame a person. This schizophrenia does not come from stress. Mm-hmm. It's, no, I'm it's not talking about what I'm asking now because I got another knowledge I never knew as the, the LT people should go for, for, for therapy. Yes, I'm trying to say you, you gave me a lot of knowledge for your program. You. But I was, the people were telling me like I had a neighbor, she was trying, I should be your therapist. I said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, no, 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 it's not for me. You have to go for a professional. I only can tell yeah. you hello, good morning. You know, like just a thing. Yeah. You gave me a lot of. Knowledge, I should know how to answer. Thank you, thank you. And I feel you gave me this opportunity to discuss schizophrenia. We almost have no opportunity to discuss that. And it's so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so she should be a schutz for your father. It was your site. It should be yeah, a male. Thank you. It should be a good malicious of a grand scholar, Israel. Amen, amen. Mm-hmm. And again, I want to thank you for bringing up the word schizophrenia. So yeah. important. Okay, thank I hope you. other people they call up. Uh, somebody right. made, the, the guy, more people calling up. Yes, yeah, the guy in English made, made them opening, and now they should continue, like you, when they start to, when you were talking of uh, personality disorder. Yeah. People used to call yes. up. So, like, at least somebody should call, like, this should be awareness for Claudius Royal. Yes, please, people, as you heard her request and those listening, if you know someone that has schizophrenia or a difficulty or a challenge with that, please call up, share your experience because these family members feel very alone. 
they feel like they're the only ones that have it. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, yeah. I know someone that was now in the hospital for a couple of weeks. Bar Hashem, they are out of it now from the psychiatric unit. Yeah. But they were sharing with me how many from people were coming in and out of the unit. So mm-hmm. that's also something to be discussing now, though, that people Never are here. in the Neither. hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because they're waiting there. so long, they're waiting so long, so long, till like somebody is just somebody with a chest pain. He doesn't call to the doctor till he gets a heart attack in the very in the uh, ICU. Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Thank so you so much. And okay. thank you very much, and have a good a good night. Yes. Thank you so much. Greatly appreciate the call. Okay. My pleasure. Call to. Call to. This is great. Yes. Uh, Ramodecha, you, uh, we have uh, another, Amish? we have few listeners, but you want to take them, uh, just answer the text about uh, the Sheva Bachot, or just, uh... Wait, the, that was the first one about the, the three, and that's about waiting, oh, that doesn't want to get married, let's see the other one. Thank you for amazing wine. I really benefit, I have a question, we're a bunch of sisters, and we help each other out when we make a simcha. This time, when we had to do a Shalash Shudas, Sheva Brachas, for my sister's daughter, I felt very overwhelmed. At this point in my life, I felt... It was too much for me. One sister asked me, wouldn't you want us to do this for you? How do we balance such situations the right way? Thanks for everything. Whoa. Okay. So you know what the simple answer is? Of course I'd want you to do it for me, but only if you can. And if you can't, I would understand. And Merit Hashem, I have more children. And if you can't do it for this child, or if you can't do Shabbos, Shalash Shudas, then maybe you could do one of the other nights, Sheva Brachas. Or if you feel you can't, but other sisters could, can you help out some other time? So you're showing that you're not lazy. But I most definitely hope that my family would understand that there are times in life that things will happen and we're not able to do something. And sister, I don't know, Ramnison, do yeah. you expect that you need to do something every time, all the time? No, and not, you could never miss something? I would say not at all. I would say that uh, if if the sisters understand, you know, the position, you know, especially when you're a good sister and helping each other, you can understand that sometimes uh, you cannot. That's and right. And this if is, this you know, sister says, I really want to, I am sorry that I can't, but what can I do? Maybe I could give some money. Do you know there are other ways of doing things? Maybe, maybe we just you know I help in another place, another you know just. That's right. So or maybe at the next simcha, the next sheva brachas that the family does, I will do double the work. So you're not saying no, or you're not saying I'm not getting involved. You're not saying I don't want to. You're just saying I can't. I'm human, and that's part of it. Part of learning to be a healthy person is accepting times that you can, accepting times that you can't. Yes. Okay, so we'll go. Okay, you know, just if you want to answer the other text, and I'll go, I'll go direct to the caller. You know, we'll go to Mrs. K. Uh, one second. Uh, Mrs. S. Mrs. S. Hi, you're on with Mordechai. Thank you so much for taking my call. You're welcome. And thank you so much for your line. I really enjoy it. Wow, what an honor and what a schuss. It really is. Every time I hear that, it, it, I just so, I really appreciate it. And about you were talking, I couldn't hear the, the, the other lady talking, but I heard your side of the schizophrenic. I listened yeah. to the Yiddish line of that man, that 56-year-old man. I don't remember how oh, old he was. That, is that yes. was amazing. That was just, I mean, I made all my kids listen to it. It was really a, an amazing man, that one. 
Isn't it amazing the Amuna Peshuta? Yes. Yeah, I don't know. That age people. Yeah, that age people usually don't talk that way. They have, they're, they're more old fashioned. He was amazing. Really amazing. Yes. yes. And that's what he shared. His kids have done a wonderful Shadokim. His kids are happy emotionally. And He's a happy person, a that's for sure. What? He's a happy person, that's for that's sure. That's right. He has inner peace. With so his as challenges. As we had that caller saying that the mind is racing and always needs excitement. Those that need excitement, unfortunately, can sometimes do it for the, or let's say fortunately could do it for the positive, but sometimes, unfortunately, they need to do it for the negative. It means life is too boring, and if they need to start creating drama in their life. Right. And therefore, if Hashem Hashem gives sometimes a difficulty, they don't have the skills how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And therefore, what we hear from that man as you're sharing is, so just for everyone listening just to know, there was a person he sounded in his 60s, as you described, and this person was sharing how he married off all his kids or almost all his kids and that his wife had schizophrenia. And the way he explained to people, he didn't say she had schizophrenia, but he said that she has to a little bit, she's a little bit more sensitive, and she has to fight sometimes not speak to or respond to those voices or fight with those voices that she's hearing. hears them as mm-hmm. loud and clear as we are speaking. Mm-hmm. And he gave her chizik. He never attacked her. At times she was nervous. He told the kids, let's give her a little bit of break, or he would take her sometimes to the room. He even shared that some Pesach starim, he was with her in the hospital. She was in the hospital, and he was home with the kids. Right. But yes, it was the inner peace that allowed him to be, this is where I am, Baruch Hashem, look at what I do have. And that yeah, looking his, at the positive yeah. is a bracha. Right. His, I guess his challenges made him who he is. Yes. Very, very much so. Thank you. Okay, am I, to my question, yeah, I have please. a nine-and-a-half-year-old son mm-hmm. that he has an issue. I was trying to figure out what his issue is. I think that I got down to it. He's very, very, very sensitive. It means he's sensitive to others, and he's sensitive to himself. If he thinks for one second, like if you mimic him for like one of the kids, like yeah, two or three years. Excuse me? Yeah, if a kid would tease him or make fun of him or comment. Not even teasing. Like most of the kids would like not even react to that. He flies off the handle. He, if something happens, he runs in the room. He knocks the door shut, and he's like out. He could like miss Sudas. He could like miss fun, and usually he makes it a point to knock on the door that like don't forget about me. Yes, and that's called throwing a tantrum. Tantrum. Okay. So I tried this. I tried that. I was trying to. So the last tantrum he had. Sometimes I, I usually, he could like from one second to the next come out like as if nothing happened. And um, two times ago when he did it, that was like a week ago, I let him go to Haide and I told him I need to speak to you when you get home. I liked, I wanted to give him like a little break and then, so yesterday when he had it, I, I decided I'm not letting it like just wait till he gets home. I want to get to the bottom of it. I took him into a room, and I told him, you know, there's a middle, it's called sensitive, and you could use it for good, and you could use it for bad. 
So you use it for good. You're very nice to other kids and this, but when you use it for bad, that means that you get too sensitive. It's not good. You most what you need to do is a little bit not get so, you know, or he doesn't express it. You have to you come, you tell me what's bothering you. You can't just knock doors and like shut yourself in a room and and the problem is that he runs away when I want to start talking to him. He puts all there. Yes. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to deal with it. So that's the difficulty of this question, is that you're asking a how-to question. Mm-hmm. How do I get my son to want to talk? How do I get my son to recognize what is happening, that he needs to change or that he shouldn't be so sensitive? So does a nine-and-a-half-year-old get, could he get the fact that he has an issue? Of course he can. To me, it looks like he he's always blaming because it's that one's fault and that one's fault and that one. Right. They, they that's what we call parenting. This is in what we do in the parenting skills. You know, it's not mm-hmm. saying Hashem that you're not a good parent. It's just saying there's mm-hmm. that one kid that emotionally knows how to push your buttons, and that's what this kid is doing. No, he's not pushing none of my buttons. Sure, uh-uh. he is. He's pushing <laughs> your buttons. That he's running away. He's being sensitive. He runs away, and he makes sure that you know it. And you don't. Yeah, know but how I to don't. Get it's his issue. It's totally not. Buttons. Uh, he's not pushing any of my buttons because it's his, it's his issue, and I know it's his issue. It's just I want to know how to him to listen to me and hear what I have to say that he has an issue. He needs everyone has issues, and this is his, and he needs to work on it. I don't care. I told him I don't care. It's your problem. I feel so bad for you that you're missing out on things. Let me ask you: Do you have a question? So you're making a statement. Great. What right. is your question? So my question is where I need to take this. Like, am I doing the right thing, or do I need to do something else? Well, let's try things different. Are you, if you're happy with the outcome, then you're doing the right thing. And if you're not happy with the outcome, then you need to do something different. Are you happy the way he's going, the way he's doing? Um, no, not really. I think I'm afraid that he's going to get older and it's going to get worse. Okay. So what, like what kind of, um, I'm like thinking, do I need to more ignore, more take care of it, more like in which direction? More talk talk, talk to him more? can't do that. Not that I don't want to. I'm not given enough information. Okay, I'll, uh, like what, what no, do you no, need to know? No, 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 I don't do this. We don't take parenting questions under the age of eight. Specifically for this reason, I know your son is nine, nine and a half, but it's the same issue. You want to know how to deal with it. Not able to do that. I just I want to know which direction. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you I want to become now from, so should I become Hasidish or Litvish or Svartish? Which one do I take? Oh, and then if I want to become Hasidish, what type? Mm-hmm. You feel Why the question is too big? That? I want to become more frumer. What should I do? Do you think I need to take him for help? Generally, my response is you, the parent, should get the one-on-one advice. Mm-hmm. Rebnissa, what do you say to this? I, th- I think you said, uh, you said it's loud and clear. That's a parenting uh, skills, something that we all try to avoid. It's, it's awareness, show. 
and uh, I think this is a really parenting uh, skills. It's really parenting skills about it. Let me share with you one point, like why, I, why I'm agreeing with her. This is a parenting skill. Mm-hmm. When you try talking to your son and he runs away and you yeah. can't get through to him, that means right. the parenting skill is necessary. There's a skill needed to right. learn how you should be in charge. That he should want to listen to me. Yes. That he should trust me. Yes. Mm-hmm. And when he gets upset and he acts out, that he won't be banging the door to know that he's not there. Mm-hmm. I hear you. That's right. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time You're welcome. and your patience. Yes, Thank and you. The number to call up to ask your question mm-hmm. is 718-683-5858. And we look forward to taking your questions and your comments. Again, 718-683-5858. We can go to that original text message that you sent, Rubinson. Hi, thank you so much for everything. I've been listening to your line for the past three years. I'm going, I'm gaining a tremendous amount just by listening to your weekly program. I'm a teacher, and it's interesting to see how I use your advice you give people for myself. Like, example, when it comes to bullying or asking for support, communicate with my principal. Excellent. So you're open and easy to ask for support. Now to my question. I'm a 19-and-a-half-year-old girl. I do not want to get married, but my parents are feeling pressured as I've got a bunch of siblings after me. Is it okay for me to let them wait? Interesting question. So this question is someone is doesn't feel that they're ready to get married, and the parents want them to get married because they have several siblings under them. And the question is, is it okay for the siblings to wait? Funny, Rubinson, I would tell you the question should be a completely different question. First, is it normal that I don't want to get married? Second of all, if that's what happens in my culture, why do I not want to get married? Is there anything specific going on? Is there a trauma or a difficulty or something that I'm afraid of marriage? Why I don't want to do it? Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just who your nature is and you just want more time and you're not ready yet for the responsibilities of marriage. Well, then in that case, why hold back other people's siblings if they want to get married? So you want to say, I don't want to get married, but I don't want to pay the price. That's usually not how it works in this world. So since this person did not call up, and I understand why, but we can't really address the question appropriately. But I don't think the question is, should my siblings wait because I want to wait? Is that right? I think the question is more, why don't you want to get married? What is happening in your life? It's funny because that's exactly what I thought about. It. And uh, the other question, you know, really sometimes if she, if she doesn't feel that she's ready or something, this, just tell the parents, listen, uh, daddy, uh, mother, I'm not ready. Let my other sibling go. Go ahead. Nothing to do with, nothing wrong with this. Yeah. Okay, we'll go, we'll take uh, Miss G. Ms. G, welcome to the program. Hi. Um, I've recently been diagnosed with OCD. Okay, and, thank uh, you for sharing that. That's very brave of you to share that. And um, my psychiatrist has recommended therapy for that. 
But when I got, I started seeing a therapist, she told me that the only way to fix OCD is through medication. So I was curious if that is true or if there is no therapy that works for that. Um, I have a very difficulty answering this and going against a fellow colleague, but from all my knowledge and experience that I've seen or read, yeah, that that, that therapist is 100% wrong. OCD must be dealt with through therapy. In fact, the, the method of therapy that has the most results, which is a very solid CBT, it is called ERP. That's ERP. 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 That's uh, emotional is, response uh, protocol. Is it possible, like, to find a therapist that specializes in ERP? Is that like yeah. a thing? Well, that's what they do. Yes. It's ex- sorry. I'm sorry. It's exposure and response prevention. Well, ERP thank you for that. Is the method, but again, it's it's a very solid CBT. It makes sure that you recognize that you get exposure. It doesn't allow you to do your your response that you would like. So mm-hmm. if you sort of look at OCD a little like an anxiety, that you're nervous about something, yeah. and therefore you do a certain behavior to calm down that pain or that feeling that yeah. you're trying to avoid. So the whole method is that you try to tailor and identify the anxiety, and now you tailor the protocol, the system, to challenge and to be comfortable being unsure, to be comfortable not knowing, to be comfortable not sure if you washed enough, to be comfortable not knowing if you had certain thoughts, if it's okay or not. Mm-hmm. So that medication is depending on the level, definitely that's important. Right. So, yeah, I just wanted to know if there is some sort of therapy out there that I can actually look specifically for a therapist that does that. The method is cognitive behavioral therapy, Mm -hmm. and ERP is even more specialized, but CBT is the method. Thank you for that. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I'm really shocked that a person, that a therapist would say that... That's it. That's well, well, my um, my psychiatrist told me that therapy would work, but then when I saw the therapist, she was like, "No medication." So, is it yeah. possible that she didn't mean that medication is the only thing, but she meant medication is also important? I mean, I am on medication. But she said we need to switch it or increase it or do something. Well, that's true. So let's clarify. People with OCD, with someone with that diagnosis, is very likely they will be on medication as well. It's not and yeah. or or. It's both. I I am on medication. But she said there's no way to stop the thoughts through therapy. We need to focus on changing your medication. Can we, we change her words? That therapy has limitations, and therefore medication must be utilized? Maybe, yeah. So she isn't saying that it's only 
medication, what she's saying is you right now have a very severe level of OCD that we need medication to help the process so this way you can do the therapy. If someone has a, just imagine someone says you need, you need occupational therapy to help your foot that you can walk. But if you have a broken leg, the first step that you need to have is first have a cast. They're not right. saying therapy won't work, but you don't need occupational therapy. But occupational therapist said the leg is still broken. Right. But, but like, when I saw my psychiatrist, he said he doesn't believe in changing it or increasing it. Okay, so then the next step that we do is you have your therapist speak to your psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. Okay. I do that all the time. I speak right, to psychiatrists that, that at least sounds, two, three times a week. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. They can work together. That's right. All right. Excellent. Thank you for being so brave and sharing that. Thank you. Certainly. Thank, thank you. you so much for your help tonight. You're welcome, and thank you for being so brave and sharing. Rabnison, who are we going to? Oh, uh, we're going to uh, Mrs. P. Mrs. Mrs. P. P. Good evening. How are you? Baruch Hashem, wonderful. Okay, first I have to say a big compliment that everything you do is a real thank you for the call, and it's unbelievable. Your father and Hashem are really shaping Nachis. It's thank a really appreciate, really appreciative. And they should both give you strength and energy to continue helping clients in a calm, help, happy environment. Amen. Thank you. That's a beautiful bracha. So now I want to try to make a clarification. She try to, under, uh, to uh, she try to help me understand important thing in life. Basically, yeah. it's about what is what goes into category of abuse. If you don't want to ask the question, I yep, I'm not going to address that question. If a person has to go for help, no, no. Let's change next. Next topic. Changes? What do you mean? Put it in different. I don't want to discuss this question. Next. Okay then. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. If a person is struggling, like a person is going through hardships, or they let it go for help behind their family, or behind their. We're not discussing this. Let's not. I don't want to deal with this controversial question right now. Yeah. I just gave, gave you a good, good compliment, and I shall help you continue helping. Amen, everybody. amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And same time, Beautiful. Yes, Rav Nissen also accepts it. Thank you. Great. Rav Nissen, are we going to go to Mrs. C? Hello, Mrs. C. Yeah, hello. Hello, Mrs. Yes. C. Hello. Yes, welcome to the program. Thank you. So I have a general question about therapists. I know every therapist is different, but maybe you could answer me, you could shed some light on this I can try, Meritusham. Okay. So first of all, I was never in therapy, so I'm not sure. I don't know. I only know from hearing from family members and friends. I I think it's a wonderful thing. I mean, also from your line, I think it's really a great thing. Yeah. And it really helps some people that have, you know, things they need to work on. Yeah. My question is basically, so I see, I see, I saw it by two different people, two different people. 
the same the same thing. They went to a very good therapist, both in two different therapists, two different people. And the, the therapist, in, the therapist in, a, in a way, made them worse. Like some kind of things, like the therapist asked, asked them th- certain questions, and they start having those kinds of, they, they start doing those, those kinds of In Yiddish, there's a word called ofgeklet, ofgeklet, right, where you make right, someone aware. Yeah. So, like, the therapist asks them, um, do you feel like this? And suddenly they really feel like that, and they're like, oh, oh my, I, I mean, I really feel like that? I don't know, and I, I think that these two people, I don't know, they really got worse since they I know. Therapy. I want to I know that is the reason why I screen. I do a very special screening and who comes to me. Do you know why? Because what happens if someone comes to you with a broken leg, but they have a cast, not a cast, they have their own ace band-aid around their leg, and they're walking with crutches, and they just accepted it, and they can't use their leg, and now they go to a doctor. What do you think happens? What do you think the doctor will start doing? The doctor will start touching it. Oh, that hurts you? The doctor asks, do you have this problem also at night? Oh, yeah, you're right, yeah. And the person says, oh, it's probably a broken leg. And now you're going to blame the doctor for recognizing it. Unfortunately, there's a reason why they came to the therapist, because they weren't functioning well. Right. So... I'm acting yeah. like I know I know these kind this kind of things. So yeah, I want to know I that's the see. hardest part of a therapy. So I am the right. that I do a private practice. I could tell a person I don't want to take you. But if there's an agency and someone comes in you need to take the person. Right. So these two people I, I, I know I know what you're talking about, that like that therapist told them, um, you you feel like that and suddenly they they start because really they they recognize that they do feel like that. I'm talking about like more like, um, did you go through this this trauma, and maybe because of that, and then the person starts saying, right, maybe, and yeah, you're know, there, you're right. Uh, That's it. But how? Uh, let me ask you. That's how, the right way to do it. I mean, of course, I'm not professional. I'm of just course. Asking. Could you imagine a person has a problem reading? They're in fifth grade and they can't read. So now they're going to go to a reading specialist. So the reading specialist is going to ask them. Ah, do you see what the Aleph is? First, they want to see how they sing the letters correctly. Maybe they're dyslexic. Then the reading specialist is going to start doing, okay, now let's put two letters together, Aleph and Bays, or Aleph, Bays, and Zion. But what's the sound? Then they're going to start saying, okay, so you can read the letters, you see the letters correctly. Now let's see how your vision, are your eyes able to track? Yeah, that's how you ask. Right. And if the person's right. healthy, then they say no. If the person's not healthy or they were raised in that unhealthy place, they go, now I understand why I'm having such a tough time. Every time I speak to this person, they make me doubt myself. Oh, they use these negative words. You mean these negative words are not healthy? Oh, now I recognize it. Now I realize why every time I speak to this person, I'm down or I'm broken. But when I speak to others, I'm in a great mood. Yeah. This is actually right. how therapy works. Right. So I get that. My, right. Right. So I have other questions. So is it possible for a person like, like to to just start making up things because the therapist th- says? Or why would someone want to make up something? So can I ask you something? Is it right now middle of the day? No. It's Are you night. sure it's not a middle of the day? Yeah. Come on, do me a favor. Just say it's the middle of the day. 
Okay, so so let's say. Well, why didn't you me. just say yes? No, no. So let why? me ask you something. So what if Wait, you why aren't you giving in? Because if you're going to tell me that I'm going to like if that person really needs tons of attention and validation or whatever, and uh, if that person's going to get tons of validation and attention by saying that it's the middle of the day, maybe she would. So let me. You bring up such a great point. I'm so happy that you're calling in. Could you now tell me it's right now, middle of the day? Um, you're so brave to call on the radio. Now, could you tell me it's sunny outside this very second? Okay, so if I would be this type of person that would do like, like the person I know that would do so everything. Let me ask you another question. Is this person above the age of 10, 15, 20? Um, somewhere, somewhere in between, like teenage. I will I, I want to stop here because I think I've answered the question. I think you're still trying to push further. So let me answer okay. it this way. Are there some therapists that aren't good? Yeah. Of course. And that's where I think you're heading to. I hear an underlying question. I, what I really hear you say is, can do therapists want to create for teenagers or for people to go against others? The answer is no. So I think you didn't get my question. My question was, if oh. what to do, what to do with this person? Like, if, I don't I understand. Don't what if, to do with which person? The person that's going to therapy? Yeah, because I maybe, hear I, I hear your question saying a therapist is implanting thoughts to this person that's going to them that don't exist. That's right. what I hear your question. And to right. me, it almost right. sounds like an attack on the whole therapy field. No, like someone no, wants to be a that. doctor. Someone wants to help, and instead what you're saying is that they're implanting feelings or thoughts that they never thought about. That's what I hear from your question. Sorry, it wasn't my intention. I really think therapists are great. I was just ask, asking about a particular person. Oh, Maybe I don't know a particular person, so I can't answer. All right, I can tell um, you is if you um, have two or three people that have bad experience, just like in every field, you can have good and not good. If you know someone's not good, then don't don't go. And I would just recommend that you share your feedback with relief. Right. That's it. Or whoever made the referral, just saying this person might be very good. You might have had other positive experiences, but we've had negative experiences. Right. Mordechai, just let me jump over there a little bit, you know. Just, it's, I, I know that we say, always said you have a good profession and a good profession. Is it possible that uh, sometimes you have a therapist basically that thinking, or I don't know, maybe is not professional enough, thinking that he knows what he's doing and doing something wrong? Of course it can happen. Okay. Of course, just like every field. And if you have two people that went to the same therapist, they had bad results. No. That's why I said, call relief, inform, find out. And sorry, it's two different therapists. Now let me ask you: Are those two different therapists working on two different family members? It's not. Yeah, it's not family members. Even it's two different people. The one that doesn't know of each other. Like only I know of these two people. Now, is it possible they were raised in a similar environment? Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah, so maybe it's you that needs to be aware. Maybe you should also join therapy, and maybe you'll get aware that they are right. 
What happens if you would find out that the two different therapists working with those people in the similar environments are right? Maybe. Uh, I didn't say that now. I was just asking, like, if it's possible. So what I shared with you is, yes, just like a reading specialist, in order to find out what's wrong and which areas, we ask. And if the person says, yes, I have a problem reading this word, I don't have a problem reading that word, I have a problem reading the top of the page, not the bottom of the page, I have a problem with the Rashi words, not Gemara words, or Toysis words, or it could be a language problem, it could be a processing problem, and the only way you get to it is actually by discussing it. Right. By asking. And if the person is a semi-decent, healthy person, then they won't be affected. Teenagers are different. Teenagers, you need to tread a little lighter. You don't want to ask very open questions. You want to have more healthy balance process. If someone just shared, when a normal person goes to therapy, they would never say something they feel if it's not so. If they do feel something, it means that they need therapy, they need to process it. So someone just asked the question, but don't you feel there are some therapists that create problems because they want to get a client? Unfortunately, in every field you would have some of those. Yeah. Wouldn't you say there's someone that is in business just to get people? Wouldn't you say that you go to a mechanic and you're worried that they might break something just to make more money? Are you worried you go to a mechanic that might say there's something wrong that isn't wrong? Or they might slip you in an old, a used part instead of a brand new part? That's in every field. There isn't a field where you don't need to trust the person. Someone goes for a heart surgery and the, the patient isn't successful or there's complications later on. How would you really know if the doctor didn't do something? You won't know. You don't know what's really going on during that right. procedure. Right. So, let me, so, so let's say I'm asking about this really unhealthy person. Maybe they would you do your research. Right. You do research. You don't go to a therapist. Do your research. Just like a medical doctor. Right. Do your research. Do you know anyone that really goes to a doctor today without doing research? I don't know anyone that goes to a doctor without doing research. No, I'm talking about a client, like if it's a client's like really very unhealthy. Like somebody, the text that somebody sent is saying that a normal person, maybe this person is not like so normal, like very unhealthy, seeking for validation and attention. So well, again, that's a whole. So now, now you're going to a whole. New, now you're asking a completely different question. If someone is very, very unhealthy, going to a therapist seeking validation, that's now your question. Now, what's your question? You just—that's a statement. An unhealthy person is going to a therapist. Now, what's your what's your question? So, what is the therapist going to do? Well, that's a whole subject. Depends what diagnosis. Okay. Yeah, we would respond to that based on different diagnosis. If right. someone's got a personality disorder, you respond one way. If it's trauma, then you respond another way. If it's depression, okay. you'll respond a different. All right? Yeah, I got thank it. You. Thank you. You're thank welcome. You. Well, listen, thank you for that. Okay, okay. Mordechai. So yes. we uh, conclude with this phone call, right? Yes. Thank you very much. Thank you to all our listeners. You know, 
let me just read the text just one second, because I feel okay. it's very important to say it. I just want to disagree, and we're not going to stay on it just to read it. Hi, thanks for the program. I really enjoyed every second. I would appreciate if you can answer my question. Can one get rid of bipolar by himself by pushing very hard, or is medication required? If medication is required, is it for life? Is it possible to get rid of? So let me just answer this question. If someone has bipolar, it is impossible. Impossible means out of a million people, maybe one person got out of it, but that means one million people cannot get out of it. Medi bipolar is a chemical imbalance that medication is necessary. There is no way to do it. it. Just to give an example, if someone's got a broken leg, what are the chances that just by fighting that broken leg, they're still going to get better and they're going to run? It's impossible to heal a broken leg. It's going to set the wrong way if you don't set it correctly. All right? Bipolar must be on medication. Now, is it impossible for life or not? Not for this topic, not for here. We've got a program where we've once had Dr. Nudsman on, but that is right now out of the scope of, yes, no, different levels when it is. Is it a single episode? Is it several episodes? But number one, I should be clear, bipolar cannot be done without medication. Yes, depression, yes, anxiety, yes, OCD are possible, depending on the various levels. Bipolar cannot be healed without medication, period. And with okay. that, Rabnissa, we yeah, can close. That's, that's uh, very important to, to the say. Yes, say Neville, the amount of people that have harmed themselves, had accidents, lost shidduchim, lost, lost businesses because they tried this. I'm aware of a case where someone in the family came crying to me recently where I'm not going to go into who it is, but someone decided to convince someone that was bipolar, get off medication, and they'll help them fight it. Unfortunately, not only did they not help them fight it, but they lost their entire marriage and they lost their children. They lost everything. Wow. And they are that ill that they would never function back on the highest level of medications. The brain was not been able to be put back together with today's level of medication, unfortunately. I consider that person a Reitseach Gomer, a happily married person, and they convinced medication is terrible. Bipolar must be on medication. Is it for life? Depending on the person, depending working with a doctor. Please, everyone with your own theories, do it to yourself. Don't take another person's life in your hands. It hurt my heart to hear the story two weeks ago. I couldn't help the person. I couldn't. But it's sad to see a healthy, very functioning person on medication, successful, and someone coming with their theories. I just want to say something that you always said, and you always said in the program, that, you know, if somebody has diabetes, he takes the medicine every day. If somebody has a chronic disease... You take it. It's not. It's not different between uh, bipolar to another chronic disease, and just take exactly. it. Exactly. You know? Bipolar, especially depression, anxiety. You can do a lot without medication. Bipolar is purely chemical. It means the hormones in the brain and the chemicals are not regulated. It could send tremendous amount or a little, just like the heart. It could be pumping too fast or too little, and you need something to regulate it. It's the same level. That's it. And unfortunately, I had to see this case. My heart went out to this person that their whole life literally was over because of a person that meant well. That person really meant well. But Nebuch, there's blood on that person's hands. The way to, uh, to, have, uh, to hell is full of good attention. Yeah, it's paved <laughs> by good intentions. Okay, so thank you yeah. very much. Thank you. And all the best to our dear Aslacha, listeners. everyone. Amen. Be well.